Anyways, are you guys? Oh yeah. It's okay. But you guys are cool that we're switching it up. I'm actually thinking that throughout this year, it's gonna be more um, like conversational with everybody, and like I really want you guys because this is gonna be recorded. So I think this will be fun because at least for my website, it's not just gonna be me hearing people hearing sermons, but they're gonna hear our family. So they can say, oh, that's Josh's family, that's the way they talk, and blah, 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 and their input. So it would be nice to have, like, your guys' input. And uh, no cussing, TJ. No cussing, TJ. I'll edit it. <laughs> you know? Um, but, but I like, I have a lot of topics already in mind. Like, soon we'll talk about fasting. Um, I know some churches are fasting right now, and and we're gonna give a grace perspective on that, you know. And we're gonna talk about organic relationships, like everything. So I think it's gonna be fun, and I'm gonna need your guys' help too. Just just talk the way we usually talk, uh, but you'll just have to speak up because uh, the reason why it's held up here in the mic here, the, this recording, is because if I do it another way, it's gonna pick up all the sounds outside, which is the music. So I have to do it a certain type. But they can still hear you. I can hear Camille on the recorder. Um, so yeah, so we're going to talk about prayer today. And um, and before I just start sharing, I want to get your guys' thoughts about... Because I'm going to give a perspective of what does prayer look like when you're under grace. And I want to know if there's any difference at all. Uh, is it still the same? What goes on in your mind? But what did you learn... From the church, whether it's growing up or in just recent years, what did you learn about prayer? Not not telling me what you believe now, but what did you learn growing up about prayer? So. Prayer is talking to God. Prayer is talking to God. What's that? <laughs> I don't want to hear people here. <laughs> well, I'm going to repeat what you said. <laughs> oh, it's okay. I know, I know. Okay. Yeah, he he asked that. What do you what do you guys say it again? A conversation between you and God. Okay, a conversation or like you're talking to God. What else? Asking God something. You're just okay, you're asking God something. It's pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Uh why why pray? What did you learn about why why do you need to pray? Like I have to uh, ask for forgiveness every night. Okay, okay. For all the sins I committed. Okay, day. okay. And then in the morning I have to ask for guidance for all my decisions. Okay. What about without having anything to do with forgiveness? But just like why pray? To be closer to God. Okay, to be closer to God. What else? Like, how would that help you be closer? What were you taught? If you want to communicate with him, you generate a certain relationship. Oh, okay. So, I guess that's Okay, okay. What else? What happens if you don't pray? What were you taught? I was taught that if you don't pray, you won't be blessed. Okay, if you don't pray, you won't be blessed. What else? You're far from God. You're far from God. Do you guys even use that language now? Because I heard that language today about like, I want to get closer to God. Like, I don't know, do you guys still use that language now? Yeah, yeah, I think You still do? Okay, sometimes? Okay. I don't use that anymore. Yeah, for me, I just... I don't think Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, what else? But it's okay, just I'm just trying to get perspectives. Uh, Lance, what were you taught about prayer? Nearly everything they've said is stuff oh, okay, like okay. Stuff. If you don't pray, if you don't like the relationship, God is still speaks like that. Okay, okay. Are there certain things that you were taught to say? Or there certain things that you were taught to say? Like there's a the Lord's Prayer. Yeah, it's a, it's like, especially 
that's the only time that you can ask. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You guys do the you guys do the acts formula. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the adoration, confession, Thanksgiving. <laughs> now, just to be honest, at least for the majority of the time that you guys pray before, why did you really pray? Okay, you needed something. Was it because of guilt? You feel bad? Uh, or yeah, or you have to. You feel guilty, you feel low. But there are times where you really want to. Yeah. Right? But what do you think outweighed the other one? Which one do you think was majority of the time that you would pray growing up? Growing up. Is it because of obligation that you felt like you have to talk to God? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, now that you guys are learning more about grace, though, um, how is it different? Is is there any difference? Is there no difference? Is there a difference in your form? Is there a difference in your uh, intention when you pray, or your motive? Is there any difference or no difference at all? Like what? Like now I don't have to beg for him to get closer to you or for me to get closer to him. It's automatic and I feel closer to him. You don't beg, I still beg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't beg for forgiveness anymore. Okay. Okay, good, good. I'm more open and honest with God now. Okay. And I don't have a set time to pray, I just turn to him whenever I want. Okay. Whenever I can. Okay. And you have an expectant heart. Maybe okay. it's not about whether God will grant you the things that you're really desiring. It's just about um, when will be the proper time, what will be the proper context. Okay. Okay. What else? I can hold us. No, no, no. That's all I think most of the time was when I prayed it was because I was trying to be pleasing to God by praying. You want to be pleasing? But no, under grace, it's like when I pray, I already know. I already know that I'm already pleasing. I don't have okay. to perform for that. And that's a big shift. That's a really big shift. Right, right, right. It's more of like expressing yourself and your emotions. Okay. Not anymore because you have to do it because you have to Okay. Now. How many of you guys have grown up doing the whole uh, quiet time? Uh, you're encouraged to memorize verses and you read your Bible. You at least read at least one chapter, two chapters and you pray. Or or you're encouraged to fast so you can hear God clear, <laughs> which is really interesting, you know. Um, so I mean like, how many of you guys have done the whole devotion thing every morning before? And if you do that now, I'm not going to knock you down for that, but at least how many of you guys do that. How many of you guys still do that? And remember, it's not a bad thing to, yeah, it's not a bad thing to do your Devo. Uh, but do you think God cares about the form? Like, you have to do this two hours before or something like that. No, right? It's a relationship. Okay. It's not uh, like a form anymore. Yeah. <clears throat> you what? To him when you want. You turn to him when you want. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're turning to him as a friend. You turn to him as a friend. I don't think you guys write your Bibles, right? Because ever since you've been under grace, we don't care. Bibles are on this side. People, yeah. people hearing the recording. <laughs> uh, well, at least it's on your eye touches, right? And your phones, right? It's on your phones, okay? We're still Christian. Uh, yeah, but I actually think that these verses are really going to encourage you. Even when I was studying it, I was really encouraged. Because uh, sometimes, you know, we, we're under grace, we lose focus. And we still get hard on ourselves at times. All of us, I think, you know? It's like, I don't want to feel like, as we're under grace, we're just completely, like, we never have struggles. You know, um, with our sins or whatever. Um, but I could honestly admit, like for me, when I was growing up, I did the whole devo uh, devotional thing. 
like every day. And I, if I have class at 7.30 a.m., I'll wake up maybe at 5.30 or 5. Because I have to do the two hour, that's just my thing because I was that committed. Like no joke. I remember when I was living with a bunch of pastors in the States, um, I would be the one to wake up early, shut the door and pray. And I would look at my friends playing video games. And I'd be like, man, these guys should be praying. You know, and, and I started to see like, looking back, I started to see pride get built up in there. Even though at that time you feel like, no, but I'm committed. You know, really, I'm like really committed. And, um, and if I didn't pray that much in the morning, I'll, be, I'll, I'll commit my time at night. It's like giving my time to God. Kind of thing. And, but ever since I started learning more about God's grace, um, prayer took on a different form. And to be honest, like when I wake up now, me and Gene were talking about it the other day. When I go outside of my, before I leave my house, it's weird, I don't even think about trying to do a Devo before I leave. Now I'm not saying that doing a devotional is bad, no. But it's just not in my mind that I have to do it. Like I have to read a Joseph Prince devotional. I, I don't think, like there are times where I do, but it's not like I have to. Because usually you think you have to because you won't get blessed today. You know, you got to give God first thing in the morning and, and you always have to wonder, what does that mean? You have to give God first thing in the morning, you know? You always have to question that, what does that look like? Because it's different for different people. But then when you start getting under grace, there are times where you start noticing yourself praying less and less. At least not in the formal sense where I'll say, Kathy, pray for two hours or pray for 30 minutes. You start to notice that you start praying less and maybe you start feeling guilty. Maybe. And I'm just here to encourage you guys that if you start, if your prayer life looks a little bit different, but your prayer is always coming from your heart, then your, then your prayers are more closer to what we see in the scripture than anybody that's just praying for two hours out of obligation. You guys get that? Because one of the things that I really learned, really, is that you are, you are really free. You know, that I don't need to pray for you to be free. I just have to declare to you, you're already free now because of Jesus Christ. You get what I'm saying? Because it's already there. And, but then you'll have these questions coming, especially because of the grace message, that every blessing is already found in Jesus Christ. But if every blessing is found in Jesus Christ, then why do you have to pray? Why do you have to ask? Because everything is already found in Jesus Christ. Are you guys getting these questions up? Right? So you still have to think about that. Uh, but I want... You guys have Bibles on your phones? Yeah? No? Um, well, for those of you who have a Bible on your phone or whatever, open it up to Psalm 37. And I would really encourage you guys like, to meditate on this verse. It's funny, we haven't opened the Bible in a while in our groups. You know? um, but Psalm 37, 4 and 5. Uh, I'm going to break it down for you guys. And... Um, I think it'll be very encouraging, but who has the verse in front of you? Can you read? Do you have it? Can you read it, Ram? Uh, funny, I was like, thinking about this verse today. Good. Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in Him, and He will do this. Okay, you guys know that one? Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you what? The desires of your heart. Then it says, commit your way to the Lord, trust in Him, and He will do this. What does that mean? We've all heard this before. We've all heard this before. And everybody says, oh, don't worry. You know, you're praying for a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Delight. God will give you the desires of your heart. But it seems like a lot of our prayers don't get answered. Sometimes we're praying for work. Sometimes we're praying for a church. Where do we attend church? Or you need money. And can we be honest with ourselves that there are times where we don't get the prayers that we ask for? So what, what does this mean? What does it mean to delight yourself in the Lord? When I was in my old church, delight yourself in the Lord, man. You did three-hour devotions and okay. you work in ministry. Delight meaning you work for Him. Okay. You work for Him and He'll give you what you want. Oh, wow. Where, you learned that? That's what they taught us. Oh, that's what you taught My generation. Okay, okay. Which is my generation, okay. <laughs> um, what, what does that mean? We've all heard that before. Who has not heard that verse before? Everybody, right? So what does that mean? Delight yourself in the Lord. Immerse. Consume yourself. What does that mean still? Because I could say, okay, but how do I do that? Everyone will be always asking about that. Mm. 
like he asked me first with everything. Okay. Like he had like a priority. Okay. Every single video. Right, right. Hey, just Jefferson. Okay. Remember him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool. He said he could start making it out because it's in Makati instead of the forest. What's up, dude? It's good to see you, man. You remember some faces? Some? <laughs> okay. They, they, they remember you. Yeah, we remember you. Cool, man. <laughs> How are you doing? You good? How's your How's your girl? Uh, she's jogging. How's oh, she jogging? It's on. Okay. Alan, perfect timing. Oh wow, same time. Hey, it's the president. Oh my God. Okay. Uh, you know what topic we're talking about today? About prayer. So we're talking about Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord. Uh, he'll give you desires of your heart. So you've learned that it's a type of work. Uh, you share that it's about immersing yourself. And what's the other word? I don't remember the other. Consuming yourself. Uh, but what, what, still, what does that mean though? Say, okay, how do, I, how do I consume myself? You know, just letting you know Jefferson is being recorded, so whatever you're saying, because they requested it. So, so no bad words. <laughs> Anything you say will be used against you in the court of law. <laughs> Put your eyes behind your back. <laughs> so what, what can you say? You're lighting yourself in the ball. Right, right, right. Right, right, right. And let's bring that up later. I just don't want to answer that now. How do you know the will of God? And I'm going to give you a perspective that I think is from a grace perspective, but I don't want to tackle that now. But later on, so before we end, make sure we bring that up. So what what does it mean to delight yourself in the Lord? Difference is like I'm not saying anything. It's being recorded. But yeah, yeah. I used to think that delighting yourself in the Lord is like trusting Him. Trusting Him. But now I feel like it's more of enjoying while you trust. Okay. Okay. Like, you're happy that you trust him. Okay. You're comfortable. You're at peace. You're enjoying trusting him. Okay, okay. So, and you will get the difference. <clears throat> Alright, okay, good. That's good. I think that's part of it. Okay. Alan, do you have any thoughts? Lance, TJ, Piano? Oh, you put his hair up. Oh, yeah. Gangster hair. Okay. <laughs> Did you get the job? I saw another interview tomorrow. Alright. Praise God. That's good, okay? Uh, now, I actually did look up the word for delight, and I shared this with some of you guys already. But did you know that the, in the Hebrew, in the original language, the word delight actually means to be pampered. Or it means to take uh, exquisite delight. So, replace the word delight, and it talks about what? Be pampered by the Lord. And He'll give you what? The desires of your heart. Uh, now, what do we mean the desires then? Is it obvious? Okay. So, so in the Hebrew, uh, the word for desires or prayer would be meditation. And uh, in the Greek, um, the desires would be a request. So it's, it's talking about to be pampered by the Lord. Uh, be pampered by the Lord and He will give you, He will answer your request or the med meditations of your heart. Now, what's the heart? How can you define heart? What's a good way to define heart? We talk about it all the time. Love God with your heart. Follow your heart. It's an organ. So follow your organ. That pumps blood. So what, what do we mean by heart? If you can just really think about what... If the Christian life is about the heart, what, what do we mean then? Oh, okay, okay. People on the audio are like, say something. You're wasting my time. Okay. 
The heart is an organ, meaning to say the heart is an essential organ. It's a life source. Okay, so in a spiritual sense? Yes, yeah, it's a life source. Okay, life source. So it's a battery. The desires okay. of your battery. Okay. Now I was looking it up, just the word heart on the internet. And just the, in the ultimate sense, um, we can talk about the heart just being the emotion. That's how a lot of people define it. But really, your heart is the, the central place where you have your belief system. What you really believe in your heart, you'll live it out. You'll speak it out, right? That, don't we know that verse where it says, uh, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. You'll know what someone really cares about by what they always talk about. You know what I'm saying? So that's a big deal. I was really learning about that. If you just notice a person's life, you can remember how do they talk? That's what's really going on in their heart, right? And so when the Bible is saying that God wants you to be pampered by Him, to delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the requests or the meditations of your heart, your belief system. Then it says in verse 5, commit your ways to Him, or in other words you could say, make known your ways to the Lord. This is where prayer comes in. So what is true prayer? True prayer is not about just trying to get down on your knees, trying to persuade God to do something, which is what I've been taught. You know, you got to get God to change his mind, you know, blah, blah, blah. No, that's not prayer. Remember, every blessing is already found in Jesus Christ. But true prayer is allowing God to pamper you. Right? To delight, letting God delight. I, I, I tell people, don't just enjoy God. Do you know that God enjoys you? Just like any father would enjoy his son. But any parent, a loving parent, would enjoy the child. He wouldn't just say, love me, love me, love me. They say, I love you. And did you know that true prayer wouldn't be true prayer unless you're first pampered? Because a lot of times we have all these requests, right? That you'll say, well, why aren't they answered? Because a lot of times the requests that we have, the prayers that we have are built in because of law. You ask it because you feel like you have to get this or you're pressured by your friends to get something. But really, if the Bible says that whenever you pray, believe you received it and it'll be yours, but why does it seem like a lot of our prayers aren't answered? Because what if you're asking things that are not really coming from your heart? Is this making sense so far? But it's, it's funny because as a guy, it sounds weird to be pampered. <laughs> and it sounds, imagine, weird thing about me being in diapers or something like that, right? But remember, being pampered, when you think about a girl getting pampered, what do you think about? The spa. The spa. You're getting, uh, uh, the, you're at the salon or something. But he takes me to the spa. <laughs> he takes me to the spa, man. I don't know about you. You know, but, but this, here's how you can look at it when it comes to this just boys and girls. And this is what's just a beautiful thing about grace. How does God pamper you? He pampers you by giving His righteousness to you. He pampers you by giving His life to you. He pampers you by giving you his very heart and giving it to you. He, he pampers you by never judging you based upon anything that you do anymore, but based upon who? What Jesus has done. And when you start to receive that life, here's how it works, folks, that when you start to get pampered by him and you start thinking about the good news of Jesus Christ, all of us have desires on our heart, right? Like, like Camille would say, I want to see Mark again. Or... I need work or something like that, right? We all have these desires. Now, did you know that some of those desires that you have are put there by God? And what God is saying is saying, now pick one. He will give you the desires of your heart. So you have this option, this option, this option. God is saying, now ask. And whatever you ask, it will be given to you. How do you know which prayers are from God, which petitions are from God? The ones that are answered. Because they're from Him. Right? But many times we have prayer requests that are selfish. All of us can admit that. Okay? But there are times where deep down in your heart you have these requests and you're not seeing it yet manifest. Just wait. You'll see it come. Right? Ooh, I feel, I'm feeling tingly. I'm not even screaming. Something's happening. Okay? Right? Healed! Okay. Right? Um, but how does that sound to you guys about being pampered by the Lord? That's true prayer. Is learning first to be pampered by God. And from that, requests will be formed in your heart. So these requests will be formed based upon the love of God in your heart. That you're not just asking because you just need something, but you're asking and you're gonna get because of, of the basis of what Jesus Christ has done. At least how does that make you guys feel about that? 
We said a while ago that we are pampered through Jesus Christ. Mm. So in a way, all of us are already pampered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just a matter of knowing. It's a matter of telling people. Right. Or telling people, sharing your other people that they are also pampered. Right. Yeah, right. Because the the good news is that it's not that okay, God's going to pamper you now. It's that He's doing things, but you just don't know it. Remember, like, when, when the U.S. declared people that the slaves are free, some slaves still acted like they're slaves because they thought in their mind. So when, when Jesus says He paid it all, and He declared you healed, and He declared you free, it's, you don't need to pray for you to be free again. You're already free. You're, you're fighting from the top. Remember, when you have this spiritual warfare, it's not like you're fighting for freedom or you're fighting from victory. Or you're not fighting for victory, you're fighting what? From it. You're fighting from the high ground. So when you have a sickness or a disease or a sin that you're struggling with, you declare to yourself, I'm already free in Jesus Christ. See, these bondages that, that the devil does to you guys when he, he's attacking you with sins and temptation. Remember, as I was sharing last week, those things are just done illegally. Remember, because you're already bought by the blood. So when the devil messes with you with a sickness or disease, it's not that he has any right to be there. He's just there illegally. He's, he's stealing your health. He's stealing your money, right? But that's why you say, Lord, when you're struggling with money, you don't have to just say, Lord, give me money. Lord, you are my provision. I have everything that I need in Jesus Christ. All you need to do is just receive it now. But a lot of people have this mentality that you have to earn. Isn't that a huge shift of what we learned in the church? You have to do this, you have to do that, you have to perform. No, you don't. Who performed for you? Jesus. His obedience became your obedience. And in the ultimate sense, which will sound weird, in the ultimate sense, you will never be disobedient to God ever again. In the ultimate sense. Isn't that crazy? Now that's going to stir up a lot of people. Say, no, I'm disobedient to God all the time. Based upon your works, but God does not judge you based upon your works anymore. Because right? the wages of sin is death, man. You know what I'm saying? Making sense so far? Um, open up to Philippians chapter 4. Okay, or turn to Philippians chapter 4 in your phones. Yeah, man, I believe in the Bible still. <laughs> so really, guys, I don't, I don't want you guys just to um, just hear these verses. I would encourage you guys when you go home. Uh, chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, I think. Philippians, Philippians. And just say, Lord, uh, just, just pamper me, Lord. Show me your love. Show me your love. Philippians, Philippians. Philippians 4. What chapter? Chapter 4. Or what? Okay. I'll just read it so it's easier for the microphone. It says, Do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and petition. Uh, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God. It is what we want to focus on. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Okay, what, what does that mean then? What does that mean? Anytime you want to doubt or be scared, the peace of God is there to reassure you, if you let it. Okay, but why, why would you even have peace? He's telling you, don't worry. Now, if you have a bunch of worries right now, and I'll just say, don't worry. Why, why should you not worry? Right? Why would you worry? Okay, you're not certain. Now let's just say you're struggling with money, you start to worry. Why would you worry? Because you believe that you're not going to have money. You're going to believe that you're going to struggle. Or you're sick in your body and you're worried you're going to die. Why? Because are you believing that God heals? Right? Remember I said this last time in our group. Um, how many of you guys believe something about like uh, we should trust God? Guys, oh yeah, we should trust God, but then we have a hard time. <laughs> you guys get what I'm saying? So it's really easy to say it. But then it says that when you present your request to God with thanksgiving in your heart, uh, what will come on you that transcends all understanding? Peace. Keep peace. Okay, peace. Now, honestly, when you guys pray, and because I've had a lot of times, guys, when I was in Bible school, I used to preach on this too, I'm very honest, where um, I have a problem and I would pray, and right after my prayer, I still worry. Yeah. You guys get that? I was like, okay, Lord, I'm going to pray, you know, Lord, God, provide for me for work, blah, blah, blah. 
or you're just struggling with stuff, and then you still worry. Why do we worry then? Because she says we're not certain. That you, you don't trust God, right? Is there a certain amount of prayer that we need to do, or you know? Hmm? I just find it funny because in the verse, uh, it's like about prayers, right? That's asking uh, your desires of your heart. A prayer, a prayer and petitions, and it's like for any prayer or petition, God's answer is peace. Yeah. And why would he just say have peace? Because it's kind of hard to just trust someone. But like, hello, my situation is pretty bad. How can we just say, don't worry about it, man? You try putting food on the table for your family or God, you know? You kind of need some evidence. So what, what's the evidence that we have to have peace? Why would you have peace after you have all these worries and you present it to God? Okay, you, but what does that mean? Okay. I shouldn't worry if I'm poor because Jesus was poor so I could be rich. Okay. Something like right. that. All blessings found in Jesus Christ, so it's now in me. Okay. So, so God only needs to provide peace to reassure us that Jesus Christ already paid for you. Okay. So it's okay. kinda wow. In that in that kind of wow. Okay. Right. Whatever you ask for, if it's from your heart, you already right. have it. God okay. only needs to assure you, so that's why He always gives you peace right, right, right. to remind you that you already have it in Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And like, in Jesus when Christ. you start worrying, it only means that because when Jesus, if, if Jesus said He paid it all, it means uh, He paid it all. Right, right. So if you're worrying about something that you're experiencing right now, it means that's that's more to what Jesus paid for. Right, right, right. So it's like Come saying on. you're mitigating what Jesus paid. Yeah. Right, right, right. It's, it's like you're saying what you're experiencing right now is bigger than, or just, I don't know, bigger than what Jesus paid for. Right, right, right. Just, I don't right. know. So that, that's basically right, It's true. Uh, let's put it in terms that could sound more encouraging to people, yeah. but it's okay. you say, oh, Jesus paid it all. Uh, it's simple. Uh, he loves you. He'll take care of you. Right, that's, I mean, just, it's the same thing, but just in, in terms that you can encourage somebody. Uh, why should you have peace? Because God knows. God, God will take care of you. You know, um, the last sermon jam I had, I always put this little subtitle, uh, knowing the heart of God changes everything. Right? You know that's true. So you can do all the forms of prayer, you know, pray more, fast more, use these type of words. But really, it really comes down to, do you just know the heart of God? And if you know the heart of God, it changes everything on how you pray, right? So this, here's my point with this verse. You can look at the different models of prayer, but outside the good news, none of these models would make sense, right? Don't worry about anything, but here's peace. How do I have peace? But if outside of the good news, it wouldn't make sense. But because of the good news, there's peace. Right? Remember the good news, like we could say you're struggling with money, money's on its way. Good news. Uh, some of us were sick the other day, healing's coming. You're all, it's really thinking about the good news that it's already paid for. You know? Um, now, some people will disagree with this in some of the churches here because uh, I've heard it. But, but think about what does it mean for Jesus to be the Lord of your life? Okay, and I think this will encourage you too. What, what does it mean? What were you taught? Okay, submitting to... Wow, that sounds so like governmental. Right, submitting to authority. Talaga? Or really? Okay, for my English speaking friends. Okay. Right? What else? What else? Lordship. You're submitting to Jesus or the church or what? Submit whether you like it or not. Submit to, to who? Jesus. To God. Okay. Uh, Jefferson, any thoughts? Uh, yeah, like what have you been taught about lordship? Follow the Bible. Follow the Bible. Okay. Uh, make sure you're doing your best to keep up with the principles or something like that. Right? Become more moral or something like that. Right? What else? What's your guys' understanding now? This might still be a little bit fuzzy for some of us. Because it's like we're unlearning it, but we don't know what to believe in it. Because the grace message doesn't fit with that. You know? uh, 
So what does it mean for, for Jesus to be the Lord of your life, for Lordship over your life? Uh, I remember a verse, doesn't a verse say uh, we are no longer slaves? Because when we say Lord, there's slaves, right? So there's a verse that where it says we are no longer called slaves, but we are not called friends. Okay, okay. But is Jesus Lord? Right? Is Jesus Lord? Yeah, so we're friends of the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> We're a friend of we're a friend of the Lord. Right? I'm not gonna disagree with that. It just sounds interesting. Because Jesus is Lord. Okay. And if we're a friend to the Lord, so we're partners or something. What 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 does the Bible talk about about being the greatest in the kingdom? The greatest in the kingdom. Like the disciples would fight over that. Who's gonna be the greatest? Being a child, in a sense, or in other words, it could be. Serving others, right? Serving others. Now, when Jesus came on this earth, what did he come to do? What is it? Serve. Now, but what does it look like in the churches today? It's all about serving God. It's all about serving God. When you know that in the kingdom, Jesus is the highest because he served the lowest in the kingdom and that's how you're exalted the humble right now um, love serves there's no greater thing for love to do because I could even just be talking this love stuff you guys but you would only know if love is in my heart is if I'm really serving you guys right and you guys will be the judge of that you know now I was at the city hall today me Remy and Marvin and they were a little bit, little bit intimidated when we had to speak to some people about some of the forms. They came off kind of like, whoa. And Marvin's like, oh, they're kind of my above here, you know. And I'm like, yeah, why is that? He's like, oh, because they work for the government. And the thing is in the Philippines, of course, not everybody, but he's just speaking from experience, is that usually when you have a high position, you tend to come off like that, you know. But you imagine someone like him, that man, he's like a, seems like a really like a high up there guy. Humbling himself and washing your feet. Now you imagine God in heaven coming in form of a man, taking upon your sin, being judged for your sin, and saying, I'm going to wash you from all your sins. All your sins. Right? So for me, my understanding of true lordship is letting God serve you. Letting God pamper you. Letting God take joy and delight in you. And from that, love is born in your heart. Is that making sense? But remember, it's a complete opposite in the church today. It's all about once you become a Christian, you want to serve and get into ministry. Now, there's nothing wrong with serving, but I just feel like people have a really skewed view of it, where it becomes a works mentality type of serving. Remember, when we talk about responsibility, what's one of the ways we've heard about responsibility and how to from a grace perspective. Responsibility seems like a have to. But what's the kind of how you break down the word responsibility? It's the ability to respond. It's a response ability. It's a response to His love. And that's the ability to do what you do because you want to. Imagine that, folks, that the Lordship of God is Him ultimately serving you. No one thinks like that. Like even there are times even in my own life, it's all about me as a missionary, I gotta serve, I gotta serve. But really folks, the Lordship of God in your life is knowing that God is serving you even now. God is pampering you now. God is loving you now. And the more you let Him, you allow Him to do that, requests will be born out of your heart. Desires will be birthed out of your heart. And from those desires, He will give it to you. Is this, this kind of different, the way it's being said a little bit? Um, remember, you don't have to believe it, but it's just, it's, it just makes sense to me. <laughs> you know, it's in the Bible. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, okay. Uh-huh. Like, is it because he's the son of God, or 
or this is just this title? It's a title. So in the Greek, Lord means curious. Lord, Lord, Master, Sir. Oh, I still remember the Greek. Uh, but you don't, you don't have to... Remember, Lord doesn't necessarily always mean you believe He's God. You say Lord like uh, in royal, you know, someone in royalty or something like that. So it's a title. Right? So, so Lord is His title. Um, was it Messiah? Or Jesus was His name. Or something like that. Um, so it doesn't necessarily imply that they believe they believed in Him. It's a title. It's like Lord. If that's his title, then it doesn't necessarily mean also that they give them the title because serving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't imply that. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. remember, they they called him like Lord Teacher. They were still non-believers. You know, it's just a, it's just a formal title. So, yeah. respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, my point. <laughs> no, I'm just confused because um, if you're saying that Lordship is... Oh, in the truest sense. In the grace sense. Yeah. Remember, whenever you see one word in the Bible, you can't read in the same meaning. Right? You say, uh, I'm drinking out of the soda can. Um, I'm going to kick the can. Um, the guy committed a crime. He was sent to the can. You know, like jail. You know? So it's, it's all about context. Right? So... Okay, good. So in the grace perspective, because remember, uh, Lordship that I've learned is about that He needs to just rule over all these sin areas that you have. Right? He's not Lord over that area of lust. He's not Lord over that area of stealing. You know, and you know that's still a debatable issue. But I don't want to focus on it. I don't think that's what it's all about. You know, I think that in the truest sense, if God is love and love serves, God's heart is mainly there. See, it sounds blasphemous. God's heart is mainly there to serve you. Because that's what love does. If we're following the model in the sense of God, it's about serving. It's not about wanting to be served. Jesus even, like I said, I didn't come to be served. I came here to serve. I came here to serve. He's here to serve. Look at the life with the disciples. He was serving His disciples. How humbling it was for them. Like, Lord, you shouldn't be doing this. You know? So imagine that. But it's just we're not conscious of it. We're so caught up in the mentality, I have to do this. I have to get into youth ministry. I have to make, you know, it's like, it's driven by law. Right? But imagine when you want to do those things because it's birthed out of the love of God. It's birthed and being formed out of the foundation of being loved by God. Say, Lord, I want to do this. I have a heart to do this. Cool. I'll open up to Luke 11. Luke chapter 11. Okay, I like this part a lot. Luke chapter 11. Uh, you know how it has the Lord's Prayer there? Everyone's heard this before. Father, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, etc., etc. Because, you know, the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John taught his disciples. Why would they say something like that? Lord, teach us to pray. Then all of a sudden, Jesus gives a little modeled prayer. Why would they even ask, Lord, teach us to pray? What was going on in that culture? How did they pray at that time? How do we do it now in some churches today? What do we do now? What do you notice about some churches that you might have been to about prayer? Is it usually an individual prayer that you just say from your heart, with your own slang, with your own personality. You know, how do you guys usually pray in churches today? It's a... It's what? It's what? It's a, yeah, there's a method to it. It's a modeled prayer. So at that time, they actually prayed like... like it's kind of like Muslims. Lord, teach us how to pray. Then you have this formula that when you do this, God will do that. Isn't that how we were taught about prayer? Unless you do that, God's not going to do anything. And I've heard a lot of people say that. But then how does he answer? He gives this model of prayer. And remember, not this is still under the old covenant, so that doesn't fully apply. But then he shares this story. And I want you to listen to this, because this is you guys might get kilig with this. Uh, okay, for the English speakers. Uh, kilig means <laughs> for those that are listening. Uh, like you're giddy. Okay. okay. So for those that are listening, okay? Now it says in verse 5, now listen, he shares this story, Jesus. Suppose one of you has a friend 
And he goes to him at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside, notice this, the one inside answers. This is like supposed to be God. The one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend, yet because of the man's boldness or persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. And then the rest of the verse talks about ask and you shall receive, knock and the door will be open, etc., etc. Um, what do you guys get from that story? You guys get the story? So someone knocks on the door of somebody else, there's someone inside, and he's asking for bread because someone came over and he wants to give him loaves of bread. So it's showing on how God, the one inside, won't just give it to him because he's a friend, but he'll give it to him because of the boldness. Right? Never thought of that. Okay. Any thoughts on it before I keep sharing? I don't know, before, what you, before you said that, I always thought with that parable, the, the judge or whoever it is that gives the bread, he gave it because he was forced to, so he didn't okay. have the heart for it. I never thought of it that way. Okay, but it gets even better. Now remember he says, I didn't just give it to him because he's a friend. He gave it because of the bonus. He had a, he had a knock, right? So he knocks. Now let me ask you guys this. Are you a friend of God or ultimately a child of God? child of God. Now, now notice this. From where do you ask? From the inside or the outside? Now he says, remember notice, the one inside answers, don't bother me, the door is already locked and my children are with me in bed. So do you come outside knocking like a friend now? No? Under grace, you are already now in the rest of God. You are already in the bed with God. What's that about you? How persistent are you now? God, God, I'm going to keep praying, 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 praying. No, you're already in the rest of God. Like the bed also means rest. It can mean intimacy, right? Now, just think about it. If you're a parent and then your son comes in middle of the night, Daddy, give me some water. Are you going to be like, keep knocking. <laughs> keep asking me. <laughs> what are you going to do as a father immediately? Can I get up and get water? Because why? He is your child. You are, not, no, you are no longer asking from the outside knocking. You are already in the rest of your Okay, you are his child. Okay. Isn't that good? Okay. So that's why we can have this boldness to believe that whatever you pray, believe that you received it, it's yours. That's why the Bible talks about in John 15, if you abide in Him and His word abides in you, ask whatever you wish. It'll be done. Remember, God. Remember what we shared before. God is more of the heart than of the mouth. He does give you the desires of your heart if you really search down inside. Right? It's not about what you always ask, but in your heart, He does give you. Right? And many of the times we ask, it's not of God. Many times, it's just what we think is. Right? So how do we know which ones of God? When it comes to pass. When it comes to pass. Okay. Is that good? Okay. Um, now I want you to turn to uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.17. 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Okay, you guys there? 1 Thessalonians 5.17, it says... Uh, be joyful always, pray continually, or other versions will say pray without ceasing. This is what we've heard. Pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So how should we pray? Without ceasing. Without ceasing. What does that mean? Okay, what does that mean? Because that means just the whole day, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like your mouth just constantly... Utters. Remember, God doesn't care about the, the how much words you utter. Just like in the Gospels where it talks about it's not about how many words you say, right? So what is he talking about here? Remember, what is prayer? It really comes down to what is prayer? We think prayer is saying something. But in the Hebrew, remember in the Greek it's about requests. That's the one word. 
But in the Hebrew, what's what's the Hebrew way of prayer? It's meditation. So what does it mean to pray without ceasing, to pray continually? It means you're constantly meditating upon the goodness of God. All throughout the day. Remember I always share, I've shared this before in my sermons, some of you might have heard this. It doesn't make sense to make time for God. Remember that? How, how do you make time? Remember when you tell someone, did you spend time with God this morning? So what does that mean? That, that The fact that you're talking to your friend, right? That's not time with God anymore? Remember? So there's no such thing as making time for God because what? All of your time is just time. Now, don't get me wrong, there are times where you'll wake up because you want to read the scriptures, but that's just time reading the scriptures with God. But there are times I'm playing Angry Birds on my iTouch and I'm having fun with God. Really? I think God has fun looking at me play video games. Honestly, I really believe that because I have joy in it. <laughs> you know, and God is not a jerk, right? Um, I'm not, if I have a child watching him play video games, sometimes I'll be happy. <laughs> so that's too much, you know? So you know what I'm saying? God, God's not some dictator guy. He's like a father. He's like a father. Right? So when God is saying pray without ceasing, God is just saying, just continue thinking about my goodness. Continue to let Him come for you. Take delight in you. And these prayers that you have. So what does it mean for God's will then? Okay, I'm going to get into it. So how do you know the will of God? How do you do the will of God? Because that's everyone's concern, right? The will of God. What's God's will for my life? What's God's will for my career? And it, then again, it puts all the pressure on you now. It puts you back under the law mentality because you're always trying to figure everything out instead of letting things flow under grace. So what's one way in relation to what we learned today about how to know the will of God? How can you know the will of God based upon what we learned today? Okay, what makes you happy in a sense, right? I mean, does God really want you happy? Now, if you go to my Bible school, they'll argue with that. They'll say that's all that lovey-dovey theology. They say God doesn't want you happy, He wants you holy. <laughs> I've heard that. I've even heard that by Christian apologists on the radio. Because, you know, when you say that God wants you happy, you sound like a non-Christian, right? That's just from a, from a Christian's perspective, you hear non-believers say, I just want to do whatever makes me happy. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I'm just joking. It sounds funny, but I actually feel like we sound more like non-believers at times. It's kind of funny. You know? It's not a bad thing. Because um, we're just not getting caught up with the Christian lingo. Yeah. But um, does God really want you happy? What do you guys think? Yeah, does. I think so. I think so. Um, but people don't think that He wants you happy. People just think He just wants you to live by a bunch of rules. You know? And um, But how do you know the will of God, though? Cool. It's the same thing with what we've been saying, what I've been saying about prayer. Okay, but besides the peace, how do you know the will of God? It's just by allowing Him to love you. Remember, it's, it's, it's God, it's God's the one that's doing the work, not us. How do, you, how do you want to know God's will? Just let Him love you. And then when you let Him love you, He will put those desires on your heart. That's from Him. That's His will. And you say, Lord, I want this one. Lord, I want to work here. Lord, I want to preach the gospel in the Philippines. You know. That's it. You guys get it? Yeah, that, that you are like confessing your heart. Like if you keep confessing it. Yeah, yeah. The question is like, 
if God already knows everything, do we really have to declare it? Declare it. Tama. What do you guys think about that? I like declaring it because, like the Bible says, what out of the fullness of the heart the mouth speaks. Plus, last week we discussed that God knows everything, but God doesn't cause everything. So meaning God knows that you're gonna work late tomorrow, but He's not the one causing you to work late tomorrow. Maybe your boss, or maybe some emergency. So the thing is also with prayer, God knows you're gonna ask for a car, but He's not the one in the way. And he's not the one causing you to ask for that. So I like asking. So, so parang it requires active participation. I think so. It's more of like a cooperative thing. Remember, God's the one that initiates though. So it's not just saying it's only God because if it's only God, then why are all these people going to hell? <laughs> he doesn't force it, but there's this cooperation that goes on. Then it's not it's not works so though because when you have faith in what He does and you respond to His love, faith is opposite of works according to Romans chapter 4. But it says in James chapter 4, you do not have because you do not ask. God. But then it says, when you ask, you do not receive. Why? Because you ask with the wrong motives. What are the right motives? <laughs> love. Love. Simple. It's just love. <laughs> do you want to just make money just to be filthy rich? Yes. <laughs> no, but I mean, if you really have a heart of God, He'll give you that money because you want to bless people. You know, because that's God's heart. It's to serve. Or you want to make this world a better place in a way. Can I just add something? I feel like when you ask for it somehow also is connected with the freedom that we have or that He gifted us. Because he's not, God is not like, God doesn't think that we're all robots and that we have to follow everything that he wants and that he can do everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, he, whatever you choose, like whether it be a wrong decision or a right decision or, yeah, right. or a good or a better one, like ultimately, his will is to make everything and for the good. Yeah. yeah. Still. Yeah. He loves you. So it's just, he makes everything work. Right, right, right. You know, and I'm going to, this just popped up my This will be probably really radical, man, because I was just listening to this the other day. Um, now, what I've noticed in Christian talk, they're always saying stuff like, we're not going to go unless God goes. I'm just following God. You know, if the spirit's not there, the spirit will just go with I'm not going to go unless the spirit's there. Um, did you know, this is the way I heard it from Curry Blake, and it makes sense to me. In a sense, the spirit follows you. Okay, this is where it could sound blasphemous. But the Bible says that when you perform signs and wonders, signs and wonders will follow those who believe. Now, who's the source of our power when we heal the sick? God. Now, but remember, as I've shared this before, as I've learned this from John G. Lake and Curry Blake, that when you heal the sick, the power is mechanical, meaning that you can do it any time, right? So if you can do it any time, you don't have to wait for a leading, like how all these charismatics are waiting for a leading. Like, I don't feel led to pray for that. <laughs> it's not whether or not you feel led. It's like, you can do it. God will back you up. You get what I'm saying? So when it comes to, that's why it, this is just my thoughts right now. I've been talking to God about this. It seems like a lot of non-believers accomplish a lot more things than believers because believers are too busy sitting or too lazy sitting on their butt waiting for God to tell them to do it. That's why they're not accomplishing much in media. That's why they're not accomplishing much in literature. That's why some of the top writers are non-believers because they're the ones just going out and doing it. When Christians like, I have to hear from God. When really God is already in you now. The old covenant mindset is about trying to get. The new covenant mindset is you already have it and you're just telling people that you already have it. That's why you could be so empowered to do what you do because you already believe that you have everything found. You have the drive to do, to be the best that you can be. But a lot of people don't think that. They're always waiting. The Bible doesn't even tell you to keep on waiting on the Lord, man. You know, where does the Bible talk about you having to always wait on the Lord? It doesn't say that. No, there's a verse that talks about waiting for the Holy Spirit to come at Pentecost. Oh, okay. Okay, so they had to wait for Pentecost, but we're, Pentecost is already here. <laughs> you know, the only waiting that we have to do now is waiting for Jesus Christ. Right, but if God has already revealed Himself through His Scripture and revealed His heart to you, why do you have to wait to love somebody? 
Lord, is it your will for me to turn on this TV right now? Do you want to get really technical? Should I turn on the TV? Should I chew right now? Lord, is it your will? I mean, I'm just trying to get ridiculous here because that's how ridiculous it is when you just constantly wait, 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 wait. But God is saying, just live your life. I'm in you. The desires that you have are from me. You have these dreams that are, are, are for the betterment of mankind and to love. It's from me. Just go with this. Right? And that's why, I, like I said, isn't it weird? Like you don't see a lot of why aren't there more not or Christian in the media or just in accomplishing a lot of things, you know? Uh, because we're all just so busy waiting or telling the church, having the church tell us what to do. Yeah. You know, unless my pastor doesn't want me to do that, he wants to be a be a worship leader in the church. No, well, what if you're drawn to go to the music industry? You know? Be on MTV. It's okay. It'll be nice once in a while to see some clean stuff. You know what I'm saying? Right? Um, but is that making sense? I, I've just been really thinking about that lately. I'm like, Lord, why is it we're not seeing more? Probably because they're just so lazy or just, they're just waiting. When God is saying, you go and I will back you up. But in the Old Testament, the Old Testament saint said, if his presence is not there, I will not go. It's the other way around. But now that the spirit is dwelling in you, wherever you go, he goes. Isn't that true? Like the way wherever the, you go, so does the church. And who is the church in the ultimate sense? The body of Jesus Christ. We are Jesus Christ on this earth. We are a different form of Jesus Christ on this earth. And that sounds blasphemous to some people, but you, we are Jesus Christ. That's why it is so important for us to love. It is so important for us to love. Right? Is that making sense? Now I'll close with this. And, and this one grace preacher said this. So what then is our prayers that we offer to God? Here's our simple prayer that I'll close with. Your prayer is Jesus. What do I mean? Your prayer is Jesus in the sense that He is the one that intercedes for you. He is the one that gives you desire. He is not the one that only just gives you the desire, but He is also the answer to your desires of your heart. Jesus is your prayer. And just like I'm going to be teaching next time about Jesus is your type. That it's not money. And that's how you see the grace perspective. It's all about Jesus. That when you are praying to God, it's Jesus in your heart. And Jesus is the one that's answering your prayer. Because I put, those desires seem like they're from you. But it's also God's love. It's unique, it's unique to your personality. Like, I don't have a desire to do uh, like, what, like interior design. I'm letting God pamper me. But my desires are not for interior design. Because He... He made it fit for Camille. You guys are not into breakdancing. Sometimes I can show you guys breakdancing and you look like you'll get bored. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I love it, right? Because it's just, that's just me. And so don't think that he's just gonna give you these things you don't want, it's made for you. That's why he will give you the desires of your heart. Why? Because he loves you. So true prayer is what? It's Jesus. It's just letting him pamper you. And just delight in Him. Let Him delight in you. These requests will form. Ask your Father. It shall be done. It shall be done. And so I really want to keep you guys believing. If you, have, if you have desires in your heart that you feel like they're not happening yet, but you really believe they're from the Lord, believe it'll come. Believe it'll come. Okay? Does that make sense? Any comments or closing before we end? That was good. Dude. Okay, does that help? Is that cool, this topic that we switched it up? Okay. Next week I might talk about fasting. Okay, and, and bring some of your friends that are into fasting because um, at least it'll give them a different perspective. They don't have to hold to it. I think it'll give them some freedom though. <laughs> you know, without all this work, get enjoy some food. Um, <laughs> but um, but thank you guys. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate you guys. And uh, you know, this is this is our first audio, and this is gonna be on my website. Let's go around so we get the names of our first gathering for the audio. Okay, so who's Okay, see you guys, see you guys. I'm sure so. About the will of God, because it's kind of, kind of big on the will of God. So what really is the will of God? For me, when I speak about the will of God, it seems, what, seems like, what does God want me to do? I don't know for you guys, but for me, that's what will means, or what will of God means. What does God want me to do? And I like this, uh, what Josh shared to me way back, about John 6, 28 to 29. There are a couple of people out check that out. Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> 28 to 29, a couple of people went to Jesus Christ and they asked him, 
uh, Lord, what was what work was must we do uh, for the work of God? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And God, Jesus simply answers, uh, "The work for you is this: believe in the one that He sent." Yeah, so, like that. that's right. So that's in the ultimate sense, the only thing that God wants us to do, the only will of God for us, is to believe in Jesus Christ. Yeah. And the rest. Yeah. You're free. <laughs> yeah. You're free to do the, the the hearts in your the desires in your heart, which is basically also from Jesus Christ. So after you believe in Jesus Christ, you are free. Right, right. That's the only will of God. There's a lot of love. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just want to share that verse. It's John six twenty-eight to twenty-nine. Remember, uh, uh, that that makes perfect sense because it really just comes down to this. Because when I went to a Bible study, I won't mention where where they talked about this verse, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father, who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy, cast out demons before America, etc. So they were using that verse, and I was asking them, so are you saying that we should do certain works in order to enter the kingdom of God? No, so what does it mean to do the will of God? That's what he said. The will of God is this, to believe in the one he sent. That's it. See, but imagine if, if you believe that it has to be a type of work, then you earn yourself to salvation. Right? Just believe. And that, that's all we're doing with this grace message, folks. It's nothing new. We're just telling people, just believe it. Stop. You know, just like the bed, just, you know, if some of you guys are more visual, like Remy, just imagine you're entering that rest with your father. Remember, true faith is not about like the stirring up, oh, you know, I'm, I'm a man of God. True faith is resting in Him, believing that it's done, believing that it's finished. That you can go to your Papa and say, Papa, I need this. I believe you'll answer me. Start speaking like that, Papa, I believe you're going to answer me, Father. Because this is my heart, that you know my heart. Instead of feeling that you have to persuade God to do something for you, then God would seem like, what a jerk. Yeah. And you think about it. God's like, no, I know you need it, but no. <laughs> you know, like, God, knows, God knows your needs, man. God knows your heart. Just keep thinking about that. God knows your heart. He loves your heart. He's provided everything for you now. Just believe. Okay? Alrighty? We're good? Okay, that's it. Oh, our names for our first gathering. Your name? Tomas. Full name. Don't say, don't say TJ. Hey, Teresa Jose. Teresa Jose. Real Maranis. Real Camille. Camille. Daphne. Louder. <laughs> Lance. Lance Albosa, and he's single, ladies. <laughs> Jeff. Jeff. Alan. Alan. Remy. Remy. Yeah, okay. All right, guys. Bye bye.